Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moore. So this week on the podcast, we have Louise Kiley. Louise is a casting director whose work you're going to be very familiar with when I tell you that she has cast movies like Handsome Devil, uh, Alison Spittle Show, Nowhere Fast, that's currently out right now, Halal Daddy, loads and loads of brilliant things. We talk about many of them on the podcast and also Handsome Devil, which was one of my favourite movies of last year. Uh, Louise is a really generous person, as you're going to hear on the podcast. If you're listening, Louise, thanks so much for taking the time to do it. It was a deadly chat. Uh, And yeah, I mean, I got to know Louise uh, in like a professional capacity by just being an actor and auditioning for her and um, she really is always pleasant in the room and it was so lovely to continue that pleasantness uh, in the form of this podcast and sit down for a little over an hour and uh, you know actually have a chat kind of outside of that like weird like working environment that is the audition room I have a feeling that we're going to have like some new listeners to this just because Louise is a deadly guest and I'm sure lots of people want to know what she thinks about the world and about work and all this kind of stuff so if you are listening for the first time first of all welcome thank you for taking the time to listen to Personality Bingo please hit subscribe leave a comment leave a rating Uh, that's all we ask Uh, it just helps us to stay relevant stay in the charts and all that good stuff guys other than that uh, I am in the Tivoli Panto at the moment we're in rehearsals Uh, it's been a lot of fun thus far we are kicking it off uh, this week so if you're in Dublin especially if you have uh, little ones whether that's kids nieces nephews grandkids whatever it might be bring them along Uh, it's a great time it's an amazing cast with like Alan Hughes Mary Byrne Keela Whelan Rob Murphy Michelle McGrath Morgan Cook it's a deadly deadly lineup, and um, we're having great fun so that's Sleeping Beauty in the Tivoli Panto um, and yeah we're on uh, for ages so come and check it out guys other than that please enjoy the wonderful Louise Kylie playing personality bingo with Tom Moran Kyle, you ready to play personality bingo? I sure am. All right, okay, cool. So I'll give you a quick explainer of how it all works. So basically, okay. uh, we've got 60 minutes on the clock here. Yep. Uh, we've got 60 balls in here and 60 corresponding questions. I've also given you uh, five numbers right now. Would you do me a favor and read out the five numbers that are on that sheet? Sure. I've got number 11, number 31, number 27, number 40, and number 53. Cool. And I'm going to ask you a favor to pick a sixth number, uh, anything that's not on the sheet between 1 and 60. Okie dokie. Let's say 42. Nice. Any reason for 42? Because I used to live in this house in Maynooth when I was very small called 42 Greenfield Drive. Oh, no way. Yeah. Did you grow up in that part of the world? When I was small, we were in Maynooth. Okay. In Kildare. Yeah. Then moved to South Africa. Oh, wow. Johannesburg. Didn't know that. Yep. Then went to university in Cork and then moved to Dublin. Ah, cool. Because I'm from Dunboyne, which ah, is yeah. next door to Maynooth, really. Yeah, it is. So that's what, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we're getting into the yeah. questions already. already. Um, yeah. Cool. And I should say, it's never happened yet. Some people have got close. Some people have got five out of six. But if you manage to get all six of the questions or the numbers that you picked uh, knocked off, that means you get to, the tables are turned and you get to ask me any question in the whole wide world. Amazing. Um, that's your wonderful, wonderful yes, prize. That's the prize. I hope you're as excited as you should be. <laughs> uh, I sure am. Right, so will we just get into it? Yep. Let's do it. Okay. Okay, first number out the gate is number 32. Do you have it? Uh, I don't. All right, no. no worries. Number 32. Question is, uh, tell us about someone who you greatly admire. Mm, there are so many people who I greatly admire. Mm. Um, I suppose 
like referring to what I was just talking about there, I did meet Nelson Mandela once, um, which was an honor, apart from the fact that obviously I greatly admired him. But growing up in South Africa, um, he when he got out of prison, I was still living there. And it was such an amazing, seminal, um, huge time for South Africa as a country um, for civil rights. And, you know, the whole political scene was there was a th- there was an incredibly joyous feeling at the time. And he was the sort of symbol of that mm. and his um uh his kind of you know he, he got out of prison and he could have been angry but he wasn't he was he ca- he came from it from a peaceful angle and was amazing and uh and obviously is an inspiring figure so i think that's what's just popped to mind yeah that's the best answer ever <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> what, what what was the context in which you got to meet him it was great it was a very glamorous event when i was having a beer in a bar um it was very strange actually because a friend of mine who was from ireland as well mm. we were having a beer and i think manchester united was playing not that i'm a football fan but i remember he was and uh randomly a black car pulled up outside in the middle of the afternoon and Nelson Mandela was there with about four or five bodyguards in a Nelson Mandela shirt. And I don't know where he was coming from or going to, but a small crowd uh, sort of created around him, emerged around him. And we went up and my friend said, um, said, uh, when are you coming to Ireland? And he said, I've just been there last year and I just met Mary Robinson. And we were delighted with ourselves. Wow. Yeah, it was really nice. That's amazing. Yeah. So what kind of ages were you in South Africa to when you came back to Ireland? So uh, I was 10 when we moved there, 1988, and came back in 1996. So I was 18. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So was that, like, what, do you think that was a good time because you kind of done all the secondary school stuff? And so were you coming back into college and that kind of thing then? Yeah, that was the plan. Right. So uh, at the time then, South Africa became kind of uh, politically, like, a little bit, you know, in turmoil, I suppose, as it still is, unfortunately. But um, uh, my parents wanted me to come and study in Ireland. So my dad was in the Middle East at the time. We did a bit of traveling. Mm. Um, and he was working in Saudi Arabia and Bahrain. And mum kind of brought us all back and based us in Ireland. So we waited, I suppose, till I finished my matric, as it was called. Um, but it was also just kind of randomly at that time. People just wanted to get out. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But it worked well because I did finish my high school career there. And I thoroughly enjoyed living there. Yeah. Yeah. And was it your dad's work that brought you over in the first place? Yeah, exactly. Cool. What, yeah. what did he do? Insurance. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what my dad does a lot. Oh, really? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's one of them things, though, that I don't really know anything about. <laughs> yeah, I just know yeah. he works vaguely in that thing yeah. and people hurt themselves and money changes hands. Yeah, That's, yeah. I don't really understand Yeah, it. totally. Although um, I do go, car insurance, dad, sort it out. And he's like done me a good deal. He's like help his friends have. So that's always good. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sweet. Okay, let's go again. Yeah. Uh, okay, number 60. Do you have it? Uh, nope. Right. Not winning so far on that front. Um, oh, this is a kind of interesting one. Okay. Uh, in terms of artistic creation, what drives you to do what you do? Ah, okay. That is a good one for work terms. Uh, it's a mixture. Mm. Okay, so what I do as a casting director is creative at its core but it's also incredibly administrative and having trained in the gaiety school and having done law in college it's a it's a very good mixture for me uh was that the question so what kind of drives me creatively um the love of the theater the love of actors the love of film you know all that stuff Mm. but the job itself is kind of contracts and administration and it's sort of you know all that stuff which you have to be super kind of anal and super clear on um, and uh, negotiations and all that so it's a good mixture yeah yeah like it's one of them things yeah yeah of course yeah like it's one of the things I always 
even as an actor, it's one of the things I was like, I, I don't think I really actually know what happens. Yeah. Like, because my experience of you would be like walking into an audition room, having been sent a set of sides, and we have a little chat, we put it on camera, and we say thanks and we go. Yeah. Whereas, like, if there was one, say, misconception about what you do that you think that actors might have, would there be something that you could say to like write that? Um, I do. I wouldn't use the word misconception. I suppose I would use the word. This is what also happens. Short phrase. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what also happens is uh, from the beginning is very neat scheduling, very neat administration, and then at my end, um, you know, negotiations around kind of like artists' cars and hotels and. Um, credit and all that kind of stuff which you have to be super thorough about because of course they're going to do a job and you want them to be protected and the production to be protected but it, it's very um, it, it kind of worky in a way that maybe actors don't know. Mm. Uh, the job extends much more or much farther than kind of you and I sitting in an audition room that is the beginning mm -hmm. do you know what I mean and obviously that's a great part of it and a great sized part of it um, but the other side of it is the stuff that I do most days. Yeah. You know, and like in terms of like, because I assume I don't ask the question like, how do you get into it? Because I assume like, you know, there's ways of like interning and things like that. But in terms of having done that and even possibly assisting for other casting directors, when you make a decision that, OK, I want to go out and start like Louise Kiley casting, for example, like that sounds like kind of an astronomical thing just to be able to like, um, you know, as opposed to all the massive casting directors, you know, in the UK and Ireland, whatever, then to be like, OK, now trust me we are production and like a crucial crucial part of it for sure what's yeah. that process like um, well I think it's like starting up any job to be honest I think when like myself and my very good friend Orla Fitzgerald set it up actually together um, in 2005 and our first job happened very luckily within a couple of hours we we set up an email address and just sent it out there and luckily there was a producer who was stuck do you know what I mean? Wow. And said, yes, I need this done. It was a short film that Liz Gill was directing and he needed a cast. He needed it shot next week. So he was like, right, you go do this. And it was late at night. So it was, so I suppose our first experience was that somebody needed somebody quickly. Mm. And then other jobs came along. I suppose it depends on availability of other casting directors, budget, you know, because when you're starting out, of course, you have to, you know, budget yourself accordingly and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you just build it. Now, I will say, um, I never, you'd, I mean, having worked as an actor, mm. like it was, and a waiter and a clown and a clown, and, you know, in mm. all the sense of, like, you kind of work from job to job. So it's not like I'd been working in a big corporation where I'd earned millions of euros. So every job for me as a casting director in the early days, and even now, was a nice surprise. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I suppose maybe naively I didn't kind of go, I want to be like Gina J in 10 years time. Right. Of course, I would still like to be like Gina J now. But at the time, I, you know, I didn't think of it in those terms. Mm. You know, I think if I had, then I would have probably not done it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It does seem a bit big. Mm. Whereas at the time, it was just something we were doing. Exactly. And like, yeah, OK, well, talking about that. Because it's something like, you know, as an as an actor, especially now, like I'm 24 now, right? So it's at that age where like people are starting to go to London and, and things like that, even some people to the States. And it's interesting because you have that like, uh, I always like, I always say this on the podcast, but whenever people go, I always kind of like just check myself and be like, all right, what's the reason you're not going? And if it's because like, 
there's stuff going on here mm. which for me so far I feel like that's the case and once it's not like you know a thing of fear and like I'm kind of afraid to go mm. like I'm like oh that's that's a good enough reason to, to stay you're mm. like well I'm doing my thing here and maybe that will lead to there in, in a year a few months who knows yeah. but in terms of like as a as a casting director I imagine it's different but like is there how do I express this is there like a ceiling on kind of the scale of work that can be done from Ireland or is it the case now with like self-tapes and all that kind of thing that it, it has become that you can kind of do your job from London mm. to anywhere does that make sense it does it does and in theory yes you can do it from anywhere because you can as an actor of course you can sure. um, I mean to be honest I never left and lots you know and I've always loved Dublin Get, like I have lots of meetings in London you know you can jump over and across very very easily mm. um, what happens in sort of common practice in cast and director world is that they come to you and they um, they rely on your what I suppose could be called local knowledge right so we are very good on Irish actors. So when there's a big production that happens, so like a big television series, what they tend to have is an American casting director, an English casting director, possi possibly somewhere in Europe as well, depending. And then in, if it's shooting in Ireland, they'll have one in Ireland as well. Mm. And in, like, in as much as I could cast all the UK actors from Dublin, I'm not entirely sure I would want to. Do you know what I mean? Mm. The, you know, uh, the the knowledge that I have, you know, is is Irish. Do you know, even Irish who don't live here. And of course, I know actors beyond that and stuff, but but it tends to work in that way. Yeah. I work alongside, like if it's a if it's a low budget film, then obviously I'll do kind of, we'll send out the tapes and we'll get lots of tapes from England with really good relationships and I'll kind of, it'll all be sort of Irish centred. But the bigger budget stuff, it tends to be a casting team. And I quite like that. Because mm. you do learn from other casting directors. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've learned from lots of casting directors where they work and how they see things and their taste. It's really kind of, it's great. Mm. And then like having been an actor, which it's funny, like when, I, um, this is probably like nonsense, but like when you say that, it's, it, there's like a weird kind of thing. I mean, I'm like, oh, that's kind of great. Because not, not to say that casting directors who weren't actors don't get it because they work with actors all the time of course they do but like at the same time it, it can be like that clammy hands thing going into mm. especially at the very very start mm. and your first few auditions and especially I think certainly for me I found audition for theatre coming out of drama school and probably to this point even maybe now like easier um, than with the camera probably just because I went to you know a place where that concentrated more on theatre you know yeah. but um, from your point of view do you ever like look at actors or look at the final product having cast things and kind of go oh, I'd love a go on the other end again and get <laughs> back into acting yeah no I just, <laughs> no 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 definitely not really? um, no I loved acting training and as a teenager I was the one who you know wanted to be on the stage and was on the stage and uh, did drama all the way through and like d loved theatre loved being and, and liked camera had that kind of slight fear around it as well um, and I do advise people to do a lot of work with that because I think to be able to really be present and truthful and real and with the camera right there unless you have lots of experience it can feel very naked and quite scary do yeah. you know what I mean um, but as soon as the casting stopped and it's very strange because I never you know if I was a fortune teller I never would have said that about myself um, but as soon as the casting started uh, it just went away Really? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. No. And in fact, it did come up once or twice. What about you? No, no, no. 
I mean, apart from the fact that it would be a conflict of interest, I actually just didn't want it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, and I mean, like, is it... Oh, sorry, we will spin this machine <laughs> in a minute. It's just interesting. It, like, is it, like, you know, it, the obvious cliche is, like, how unstable acting can be and how it's, you know, tough. It is is casting... I mean, I guess it's it's probably a silly question in the sense that it depends. But, like, is casting very, like... Uh, like, so, say, going into... 2018 I finish a job on like the middle of January and after that like it's a blank calendar Mm. for you as a casting agent is it a similar thing? Yeah it can be it depends Um, yeah I mean there's a couple of things that are sort of like you know TV stuff and stuff that will you know move over Mm. but yeah you could you know there could be a couple of weeks where you're like okay that job is ending like like right now for example I've got um, two movies that I'm working on and we're kind of in advanced stages it's all going fine um, so things are quiet. Mm. Um, I suppose uh, years ago, I mean, not that long ago, I suppose, but, you know, um, there were times when I'd be like, I haven't had a, I three weeks. So I'm not sure what's blah, blah, blah. And, and there is because it is, you work as a freelance and, you know, and that's the way it is. But luckily, touch wood, um, we haven't had that issue in a while. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but in theory, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Right, I'll keep my promise. Go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here we go. Oh, two oh. came out. Right, I'll go this one first. Uh, number good. 37. No. Okay, no worries. Number 37. Um, what are your thoughts on James Blunt? <laughs> I have very few thoughts on James <laughs> Blunt, I'm afraid. Um, uh, not my taste in music. Yeah. Do you remember? I, do, I, I like, but sometimes that, like, that question actually didn't come up in a while. I kind of forgot it was there. And I was like, why is that there? And I think, have you ever seen him on Twitter? Uh, no, but I've seen interviews about him and around him, and people tend to be quite mean. I think, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he gets it. He gets it. He's just, but he's one. Of, I, I, I really don't know why that question's there. There's sixty of them, so there's yeah, going to be no, a few. That's fair enough. But yeah. I mean, no, I think he just represents this like fascinating thing of like he's so like he just doesn't take himself very seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think. What, what was your answer? It wouldn't be my taste. I have a feeling James Blunt might say the same thing about his own music. <laughs> Do you know that way? Yeah. Like he. It's funny. Remember he had that song like "You're Beautiful," mm. and it was so successful mm. with the music video. Him like mm. getting into the Antarctic. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. Like that's got to be one of the most successful songs. Yeah, ever. And you know, if it's in the car, you find one might find oneself humming along. Yeah, but uh, it's just too um, kind of. I don't know. It's just not for me at all. Like, yeah, no. it's just it's yeah no. It's very on the nose or something. Yeah, it's just even the kind of sort of slow whiny melody of it that it's just. It's not my taste yeah. in music. But then I wouldn't really be into Ed Sheeran either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Me neither. But I mean, like, uh, I'm got, it's kind of embarrassing. I, well, I always fantasize about, my favorite singer is Glenn Hansard. Okay. Lovely. Right. Yeah. And I kind of like, I always like think about like, for example, I'd love for him to do the podcast someday. Yeah. That'd be great. And I've, But I've like seen him an embarrassing amount of times to the point where like, <laughs> I don't know, do you ever like, I, I like him so much that I don't think I'd be able to express it without feeling myself that it was weird. Yeah. Because, like, music's a weird thing because he's lived his life and he writes these songs, I presume mostly about his life and his experiences. Yeah. And it's like, why do I, like, connect oh, to yeah. him? You know, it's weird. Yeah. I was just thinking about it. That is a real thing about music, though, mm. isn't it? Yeah. And, y- yeah, because there's so many songs that, you know, as a human, you kind of do relate to and they make a lot of sense. Yeah, that's true. It's poetry, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. Even with sometimes, like, I listen to a lot of podcasts as well mm. and, like, lots of you know, we were talking about it earlier, like all the head stuff ones. I listen to a lot of, you know, American podcasts. Mm. These guys that like, I don't know, I wouldn't even have that much in common with a lot of them. We like 
20 years older than me even but like you get it's kind of like getting to know someone through music in this way because it can be just a very like a, it's kind of an intimate thing just listening to a conversation yeah. and you just feel like so connected to these mm-hmm. guys you're like if I met them I'd feel like and it would be artificial of course because they wouldn't know me yeah. but I feel like I know them yeah yeah it's really interesting yeah that's true um, yeah it's kind of a fan base yeah. thing as well so Glenn Hansard if you're listening <laughs> I won't hurt you. I just want to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, okay, um, so the second ball that came out there was number 50. Do you have it? No. Okay, no worries at all. Uh, number 50. Um, question is... Oh, this is kind of nice. What are your dreams for the next five years? Mm. It's a weird one to ask a casting director. And I don't mean to mm. bring it back to career because they could be anything. Yeah. But, like, is it the kind of thing where, like, you know, the... Sk- is it like, because not to say that scale always um, reflects quality, yeah. but like, it's a, like, can you tell when you get a brilliant script into the office, and I assume that you guys read it to know who you need to call in yeah. to do it, and like, is that the thing that like, the question earlier yeah. about like, the artistic thing, like, is it that you're like, oh wow, this writing is so beautiful, I can't wait to find the right actors to yes. bring it to life. Yeah. Absolutely. Sorry to answer the question. No, 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 no. no. That's, and that is, I mean, apart from sort of life dreams, like not crashing the car and stuff, mm. um, that is absolutely like, and they, every project that I work on, and obviously the way our company works is that um, Karen Scully and Thursa Ging um, sort of head up their own projects as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And um, and the two ladies, Eva Jane Gaffney and Fanula O'Shea. So it's very much a collaboration. Um I tend to work on the movies and the sort of bigger television um, and the movies are always great and then every now and then you do kind of, there are a few that you just go, yeah, that's great. And they tend to be movies that I would like to watch even though, you know, not that they aren't, they all, like they all are, but um, the sort of character ones, you know, um, we've been very lucky in the last few years with the likes of, Sing Street and A Day from Ab Mary and Handsome Devil and even what Richard did a few years ago. I think those ones would probably stand out for me, um, you know, as kind of great casting director jobs mm. because you do tend to have to unearth young people. Um, I love those big searches. I love finding new faces. Um, uh, yeah, that, you know. I mean, also, I do like looking at my job and going how can I be different how can I make this different how can we do things differently so we've like we've tried like we've tried open castings they've been really successful we've been into schools we've been you know obviously we've got the studio we've been out in the streets of Kerry for the lobster that was really good fun like literally on the streets going hi my name is Louise I'm not going to ask you for any money but I'm just (laughs) genuinely telling you there's going to be this movie with Colin Farrell in it and if you have any interest in you know five minutes on camera and to actually get people to do that because if somebody came up to me with a camera on the street I'd be like no thanks do you know what I mean yes you you know um, but people did so you know kind of keeping it loose and lively and fun and um. Yeah, I mean, dreams for the next five years, you know, life dreams are just kind of health and healthy parents and healthy family. And, mm. you know, and as I say, not I keep hitting the car, so try not to hit the car. Um, and and yeah, and just kind of continuing excitement, which I believe will because it's not gone away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm lucky insofar as I'm lucky to love what I do, mm. you know. How has... Um I was thinking about this on the way in, like, and, well, I mean, the 
everything's gone like mental in the world lately and especially like in the entertainment industry and with different things is is that a question that might or has or do you think will begin to come up now when a production company comes to you and they're talking about actors and this kind of thing that like you know because i assume like the first thing that happens is like okay you're looking for like good actors who like look like the thing and can do the job do you think that's going to creep in there where people are like and are they um i don't know what the right word is but like free from controversy honestly i don't know it is something that i've thought about um it's not something that is discussed mm. um yeah people are very um i suppose respectful um of you know people's history and stuff like that uh, i mean the internet is the internet and if somebody w- read something on the internet um that's for them to come to that conclusion do you know what i mean yeah. uh, you know you're you're right there there are things which are happening um and the internet is there and you know uh but but i would be pretty confident that in the meetings that i'm in and you know it's it's the similar thing people are not people are not mean or you know disrespectful or yeah people are careful about what they you know how they kind of measure themselves which i think is the right way to be so mm. so so the short answer is i don't know because obviously it's all pretty new you know um but i would assume that people will be um respectful and um and beyond that i don't know yeah it's such a it's such a like just a crazy time like mm. in, in the way it's been kind of it's been a like a roller coaster like a few in a weeks short of space of time yeah yeah like i i was chatting to paddy before we started recording and um louis ck is like a real you know hero of mine and yeah. i actually have it's kind of, it's almost embarrassing maybe it is i have like this wall of like posters of people that i really admire and it's a lot of writers mm. uh and comedians and actors and that kind of thing and louis ck was there and i kind of have these like quotes from them underneath them kind of about like you know um could be about writing or acting or creativity whatever it might be yeah and i was chatting i went for a walk with my friend the other day and um we were just chatting about the world and we were chatting about this and everything that w- was happening and i was like i had this weird relationship with that poster over the last week mm-hmm. uh because i was like what do i do and it was just that thing of like yeah. you know the wonderful uh art and like the way they made you feel paralleled with now this new knowledge mm-hmm. that like well they really hurt people mm-hmm. you know and, and didn't own it and didn't apologize and, and actually still haven't really apologized mm. and you know and i was kind of like do i take it down and i was like this is sorry such a first world problem like obviously complete sympathy to anyone who was like affected by anything of like course. that but yeah. then in your own little selfish way you're like well what's yeah. my relationship to this thing yeah. and we kind of came to the conclusion that like yeah maybe you do take it down because like mm. i don't know it was just it's just a really interesting mm. time it's kind of confusing mm. all this stuff is like happening for the first time yeah 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 well you you know if like Louis C.K., for example, if, you know, it is not unreasonable that you would be disappointed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for sure, you know, anybody that one kind of, you know, is inspired by or, you know, it is disappointing that this has happened and that they've hurt people, mm. you know. I think that's just true of everybody. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. It's amazing how much you can, like, put into people that you've never met, but mm. no, no more than what we were talking about earlier. Like, yeah. you just... with the music. Yeah, because, like, they really, like, made you feel a certain way that really connected you know yeah it's an amazing it's actually an amazing responsibility when you when you think about it in that context that like because i guess that would be a lot of you know creative people's aspiration is to 
well, certainly mine is to make people feel a, a certain way. Yeah. You know, make people feel, I always go back to that. Like for me, it kind of goes back to like making people feel like very seen. I think that's a gorgeous thing that like oh. Glenn Hansard's music does for me. And like sometimes Louis C.K., even in his like, you know, it could be kind of like, you know, what's the right word? Like um, body humor sometimes. Mm. But like he was always very self-aware, mm. you know, and then it kind of really taints it when you're like, oh, well, that self-awareness is yeah. is well and good if it's matched with like a degree of um yeah like you thought he was like self-aware and that's yeah. why he was like shining a light and how yeah. isn't that nonsense yeah. that's what was kind of offensive about no, it was very surprising wasn't very it? surprising because mm. he seemed yeah yeah so intelligent yeah. And, and despite like some of his jokes you kind of felt like he was always sending up yeah what he was putting out for sure you know yeah and interesting yeah yeah right let's give it a spin yeah uh, oh my god it's having a moment <laughs> okay. There you here, go. Here we go. Uh number 16. Oh, no. Okay. We're Definitely. struggling here. I know, yeah. Don't worry about Definitely it. Definitely not going to get this question at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um number 16. Um what are your memories of 9/11? Oh, oh god. It was horrendous. I know. Um my memory of 9/11 was I was going to Amsterdam the next day mm. on holidays and I was waitering at the time and um I was so I had so uh, it was pre euro I think because I had to go and get um, some money changed like loads of money like all my money changed Mm. do you know what I mean Mm. and I had one of those wallets that um, have like those kind of sticky do you know that like make a sound the velcro velcro exactly yeah yeah yeah. so um, so I got my money changed and um, there was a sort of a melee and uh, people kind of wondering what was going on in the street and then people just were going into certain um, restaurants and bars and, you know, anywhere with the television. So I went into the international bar, it was obviously in the middle of the afternoon, stood there on my own, put my bag down. Uh, I think the first plane had already hit and then watched the second one go in the television up in the corner. And then was there, like it was the shock was immense and it was so bizarre. I think I uh, like think about my mother and we're like, what was happening? Mm. I went down and um, somebody robbed my wallet. Are you serious? No, I swear to God, with all my... It wasn't even Irish money. It was like Gelda, I think it was called. And um, <coughs> so, yeah, so literally went up to the barman and said, um, uh, in the, the blah, blah, somebody's just like stolen all my money. And uh, he said, yeah, people are very opportunistic. Yeah. Oh, so my God. Yeah, so there was people like obviously <coughs> kind of all just standing at the bar, like looking up at these TVs and then stu- took people's bags and wallets. Oh, my God. Yeah. Imagine if that person was sitting here and I was like, what are your memories of 9-11? I was like, well, I was in the international bar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this minute. Egypt was looking up at the TV and I, oh yeah, my God. I got a load of foreign money. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So I did have to ring my mother to ask her to transfer some money for my trip away. But obviously that's nothing in comparison to what it actually was. Yeah. No, I know. But it, like that's so, f- it's because wh- I, 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 I agree. Like it's a, it's a, it, it, like the most horrendous event, but it, it's kind of why it's interesting because everyone remembers where they were. Yeah. Like I was like a, kid and I remember like in just such vivid detail yeah. you know it was I can't believe someone stole your wallet <laughs> I know I couldn't believe it either oh it was so God. rude and even thinking about it now I'm like I wonder did they steal like loads of wallets or probably I'd say there were a good few bags taken because we literally were just I mean maybe I should have held it better but it wasn't like I can't even remember what bag it was in but it was just the wallet not the bag yeah yeah. but like what's crazy about that is, well there's two ways of looking at it maybe he didn't know the scale, like that, this was a terror attack. That it no, was like. No, I can't imagine that they did. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because you know, then there was that period after where, like, 
in, like in the hours after we were kind of like what is like yeah. the world ending like yeah. people just didn't no one knew yeah. what was happening but man that's crazy mm. that's a great answer <laughs> killed you. on this okay right um, okay uh, here we go number 31 yes oh well done yay alright Okay, you got like 31 before 30 minutes, so that's... That's not bad. I mean, look, you we never listen. know. We're in a good... You know, Miracles can happen. Yeah. You're due some good than none. You're due some good karma after the whole 9-11 <laughs> wallet. the wallet. Yeah. Um, All my money. Okay, uh, number 31. Uh, do you have a least favourite word? God, do I? Hmm. I don't like the... W- I don't like the word accommodation, but only because I can't spell it and I have to type it so much. <laughs> do, what is that, it? Is it two C's, two M's? Yeah, I honestly, it's two M's, I think, but I do it every single day on the computer because of artist accommodation and I get it wrong every single day. And every day I go, oh no, it's the other way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like actual words that I don't like. Um, Mine is unfortunately. That's an actual. You know when really? an, you know when an email oh. starts with like usually like a casting thing and like it's like yeah. unfortunately like oh and then like you just put it away and you're like I'm not reading that for like an hour. Because like, you know, I know what they mean. Yeah, it's like I'll read the minutiae of it when I'm stuck yeah. being sad, like for like my yeah, hour. Yeah. You know Aww. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes total sense. That makes sense. But yeah. so does like not being able to spell accommodation. <laughs> it's not that bad though. <laughs> Jesus, it's kind of great. <laughs> Let's go again. Uh, one other came out here. So we have uh, number 30. Do you have it? No. Okay, number 30. The question is... Um, where are we? Uh, oh, what is your relationship, if any, to the gym? Oh, it's not bad, actually. Yeah. I was a late relationship person to the gym. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, because growing up, I wasn't really into kind of sports, you know, in any way, except I was on the netball team, but that was a bit of a joke. Um. <laughs> But I kind of discovered the gym. Uh, actually, I had braces when I was in my early thirties, and uh, and at the same time, weirdly, I started going to the gym. And I'm not like a triathlon person, mm. but I really like the gym. I really like going to spinning classes. And like today, now I went and I went to a spinning last night. I like a good sweat. Do mm. you know what I mean? Mm. Um, uh, it's good for working out the brain. Today, it was good for reading two outlines of a TV series while I'm on the you know the bike the kind of low bike yeah. so it's something to and actually because sometimes reading scripts because I read a lot of scripts um, it's hard to stay focused do you know what I mean especially if it's like a new draft or something you kind of know and that you have to keep it whereas if you're actually like running or ish at the same time it tends to kind of keep your brain keyed in or that's it works for me anyway mm. um, I'd be quite a fan I'd like one of those um, desks that you like have a treadmill underneath yeah. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, so the short answer is I like the gym I would prefer to be physically fitter but I, I'm i not bad at it mm. yeah I considered going to spinning class like a few weeks ago and I did like I play a lot of like five aside football and stuff yeah. which I like kind of use as my like cardio stuff because yeah. like I like going to the gym and I'll do like the weights and all that kind of stuff yeah. um, but like the spinning scares me so what's it so do you do like 30 minutes 45 30 or 40 yeah um, I've never done an hour but I'd quite like to do an hour they do an hour like one Saturday every but it tends to be at like 9am on a Saturday morning um, but yeah it's 
I, you know, it is at the beginning. It's that thing that like you kind of uh, jelly legs. Like down the stairs, you're yeah. in movies and they just tumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bad, but now it's not bad at all. I okay. love it. It's not easy if you haven't been like for a week. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I particularly like the classes where the music is enjoyable rather than the people going five, six, seven, eight. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if you go with the music, then you're just having a dance. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I would. Inv- I would recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's great and like I like that that it's like relatively short but like you're doing a lot of work yeah. and like because you see people coming out of it and I always feel a bit guilty because I'm nowhere near as sweaty as they are because <laughs> yeah, they've really sweat. worked yeah um, okay so yep. maybe all right, okay that might be the motivation <laughs> I need you'll get a <laughs> selfie now with me just with yeah. buckets of sweat <laughs> yeah. uh, okay here we go number 46 do you have it nope okay number 46 question is what's the best piece of advice you've ever received hmm Something you come back to again and again, maybe. I mean, it has to be from my mother. Because mm. um, she gives the best advice. Um, I don't know. Was it? I mean, there. you know, they, like, um, I do remember when I was starting casting, um, uh, Amy Rowan, the casting director, was incredibly kind. Because uh, I was an actor at the time and I was in Castaway, which is like a co as you know, a cooperative yeah. agency. And so she'd just be like, hey, I'm a casting director. You know, not everybody was excited about that, for example, you know, which is perfectly reasonable. And I remember at the time she said, there's room for everybody. And what that's sort of done for me is that if people want to be casting directors or want advice about the business, then I will give it openly and freely because I think there's always room for everybody. So there's no reason to be in any way protective about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you can't, like, you know, people say, oh, don't give them your secrets or whatever. Um, but, like, how can you prevent people from doing stuff? Mm-hmm. And, like, who are you going to make happy by wanting them not to? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it has to be my mother. My mother has never told me I can't do something. Hashtag very spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, she's obviously been amazing. Yeah. As a human. That's, yeah, that, I, I sometimes say that about, like, I think that about my folks as well. Like, they never really, like, <laughs> the, the example I use, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a professional footballer. Yeah. Like, so badly. But, like, as a kid, like, I was, like, a chubby kid. There was no way I was going to be a professional mm. football. I wasn't even bad at football. I just wasn't exceptionally like, yeah. incredible. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But, like. Yeah, I was thinking back about that and like I used to say it to my dad because that's like what we would have bonded over, you mm. know. And he never said like, well, come on, like no. never. And I was like, that you was wonder, really important. Yeah, you kind of wonder and go, well, Roger, you know, you have to be an amazing footballer and you're, and you're an all right footballer. And you go, why would an adult say that? Do mm. you know what I mean? It is so bizarre. So, yeah, so I think like follow your dreams. I do know when um, my mother... Uh, they, because my dad had been in, obviously I said that earlier, my dad had been in the Middle East and I was doing law and um, and it sort of became clear <laughs> in year three that like the idea of being a solicitor was just not right at all um, and I really wanted to get into the Gaiety School and um, and they had kind of financially supported me and it wasn't cheap and it was the international fees and all this kind of stuff but then as soon as the letter came from the Gaiety which was that you've been accepted like my mother was over the moon do you know what I mean? Mm. So there was no kind of disappointment around what they had invested previously or what I could be now, some fancy barrister. Do you know what I mean? It was just about actually wanting me to uh, be happy. Yeah. You know. Which is, yeah, because like, that that's the thing. You know, it's an interesting thing. I was thinking about that as well, like, <clears throat> in terms of what 
I was trying to just think about things from a casting director's point of view, which mm. is not something that like you do all the time because it's one of them jobs. You know, it's funny. Like I said, I wanted to be a footballer. Mm. Other kids would have wanted to be an actor from when they were that high. Mm. Like it's one of them jobs. Casting director, like definitely, is not one <laughs> no. of them jobs. Yeah. You know, it's one of them ones that you find your way into. Yeah. But what's interesting then, I think, about like acting and also from your perspective on it, must be like because I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about why is this abuse so rife in Hollywood mm. and they were like because you're dealing with people's dreams mm. and it's not like you're just dealing with someone going to work and I, and I know you are in, in ways and it depends where people are in their career but like for loads of people it's actually their dream is mm. to, to be in a movie or mm. to be on stage whatever that might be mm. and so people inevitably it's a vulnerable thing mm. to f- like to follow your dreams you know it, it's potentially even a dangerous statement because it's so vulnerable to, to really do that to mm. be like well I'm not going to do the safe option or mm. whatever do you see people you know um, like day to day or week to week you know who might be whether it's in audition rooms or are contacting you and sending you tapes or whatever it might mm. be and not that it would ever be your place to say it necessarily mm. and maybe it would but do you do you think like oh this 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 mightn't work out because you obviously see such a big spectrum that obviously there's two sides to that. Um, that's a good question. Uh, do you know what's interesting? Um, is that since there are five of us now, I'm refreshed by other people's taste, and and at the end of the day, as open as you kind of try to keep your mind, I have a certain taste. Teresa has a taste, Karen has a taste, and we have different tastes. So what that says to me in answer to your question is that it might not be for me, but it could be for somebody else, mm. you know. And and if you do a good tape and I don't love it, it doesn't mean that it's not going on elsewhere. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I don't kind of, I don't sort of immediately say that's a no just because... I don't love it. There's lots of things that go into sort of, you know, tapes and also requirements, you know. Um, I will try to kind of stick to the brief as closely as I can. Um, and there might be elements in that brief which I don't necessarily respond to. Do you know what I mean? So there's all different kind of factors. And and if that feeling kind of does come into me or if that thought comes into me, then I just think about it and go, okay, you know, it certainly won't stop me from seeing that person if they're right for a certain role, for sure. And also, I know that, for example, this weekend I'm going to a festival and there are 82 casting directors going to it. 82 of us. So, like, we're all different, you know, with different tastes and different jobs and different requirements for particular jobs. So one would hope that there's a right peg for every hole or whatever that expression is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do, yeah. Interesting. And... So then in terms of like, because <clears throat> uh, this is something I talk about with my uh, friends, mainly my female friends, mm. but like of um, me- like the ratio of men to women in the industry mm. and how, and also like the ratio of like roles and something like, like you know, mm. it's been well reflected that like, you know, yeah, just there's not like, there's not, especially it's been brilliant to see stuff like Nora Fast and Can't Cope, Won't Cope, mm. which has been like such yeah. um, just female driven stories, For which sure. is brilliant and right. Yeah. In terms of actors and actresses coming to you, do you see a big discrepancy in the number of female actresses out there to male actors? Um, no. Do you know what? I suppose in the past there used to be more 
women I would have thought mm-hmm. and I don't know why I say that but actually yeah um, whereas now it's pretty much 50-50 yeah you know yeah um, each project is different as you say the likes of Can Cope Won't Cope Nowhere Fast um, uh, A Date for Mad Mary yeah um, you know people are looking at things and going okay let's redress this gender imbalance you know mm-hmm. wherever it exists and I think that that's really great I mean people look at casting directors and go where are the men? <laughs> mm. Do you know? I, it's just so weird. That, uh, not where are the men, because obviously there's incredibly, like, incredibly talented men in there, but they, they're way less than there are women. Yeah. Wh- do you have theories on why that is? Um, No, I don't. Because I've thought about it, you know, because people say, maybe it's because the casting director is quite maternal. And <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, is that me? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm not kind of feeling like they're all my babies. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, uh, I don't know why, but yeah, there are a lot of female casting directors. Yeah, th- yeah, I, I've noticed that. Like, it's it's plain to see, especially here. Like, yeah. it's really like Frank Mozell is like is yeah. the one that sticks out in my mind. Yeah. Other than that, I couldn't no. really. There's a couple like who might be in theatre, you know, a little bit more, yeah. or who'd be like producery in that way, who yeah. might be in touch with actors yeah. for casting. But yeah, that's a really fascinating yeah. thing. Nick McGillie did it for a while. Barry Coyle did it for a while as well. Right. Um. But yeah, as a kind of like the eighty two that are going down this weekend. Um, there'll probably be way more women than men. Interesting. Yeah. So great men, don't get me wrong. And no, great women, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. And so, what? What's the the, the eighty two? Is this like a? Um, it's a, a film festival. <laughs> it's, called, no. it's called the Witches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a film festival which is uh, run by Richard Cook, and it's called the Subtitle Film Festival. And I think it's in year seven this year, and it's in Kilkenny. And what the idea is, is that, well, I suppose it's a foreign language film festival. And what Richard has done has, um, instead of inviting producers, I presume there are some producers there, but he's invited casting directors and agents, some European agents. And so the actors who are in the movies and um, come from various, like Russia and Poland and the Netherlands and all those places, and um, we meet them. So we do a sort of a very quick 10 minute speed dating with actors um, for a kind of three days and it's great and this year we've got some time in the afternoon that we get to see the movies and stuff So, and the movies are always great some of them are kind of international premieres and some of them have been screened elsewhere but um, but they, they're foreign language mm. so great. it's called subtitle it's yeah. very cool and also Kilkenny's like beautiful Kilkenny's so dead isn't it yeah it's great it's so pretty Yeah. so, um, so it's just kind of a very Christmassy event cool it's nice nice one alright yep. Right, let's give it another spin. Doing? Yeah. yeah, we're not getting through 60 here. I know. No, no, we've never got through We're actually doing all right. Okay. Yeah, this is like a nice balance of like the chats, but we're, we still have a focus. Okay, we do. We yeah. do, yes. Um, yeah, we've got 50 minutes left, so we'll get another couple in. Perfect. Uh, right, so number 44. <sighs> no. Okay, no worries. The competitive side's coming out now. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, this is good. Could you ever see yourself running for pre- president? The short answer is yes. Um, <laughs> uh, I president, I don't know, but politics maybe. Yeah. Not now, obviously, but back in the day. Um, yeah, I think poli- like you know, if law had sort of been more successful for me or interesting or something, but definitely like an interest, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. In interesting. Kind of, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. President actually seems like. Uh, a good gig comparatively to I mean but I know it's probably well not that you have to follow like a more traditional political route but I have a friend who definitely it's in the family and I think will become a politician down the line and it's one of them jobs like it just seems thankless yeah you know yeah it does seem it's you know it does seem quite glamorous from the outside Mm. but then 
yeah, the idea of having to actually do it, I'm not sure I would be that interested. Do you yeah. know? Um, in the same way as law, because I always thought like law was like Ali McBeal. Uh-huh. Do you know what right, I mean? Right, yes. <laughs> you know, kind of pencil skirts and sort of fashion and, <laughs> you know, drama. But, you know, much more kind of, yeah, yeah. hard. Yeah, it, yeah, I mean, like, even if you just think about what, like, the last, like, five Taoiseachs, like, so what, like, Bertie Hearn, Brian Cowan, Enda Kenny, Leo Varadkar. Yeah. I'm missing one before. Uh, but anyway, like, yeah. like, the last four, like... All of them have been like slated by yeah. pretty much universally, yeah. and you're like, hey, like okay, it's entirely possible that they're like four completely incompetent people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like they, they also get, yeah, yeah. they also got to the top of their, their parties, game, and yeah. it still was nowhere near good enough. Yeah. Apparently, so yeah, that's true. It's one of them things you're just looking like, can anyone do it? Yeah, like yeah, maybe I don't know. Not me then. By the sound M- maybe it's President Kylie. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, cool. Uh, number 47. Nope. All right, no worries. Um, number 47. Do you believe in an afterlife? Uh, no. 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 Um, I kind of paused there. I think it's because I would like to, but I've, you know, I turned 40 there recently and I've, I've thought a lot kind of about that stuff and, um, and I respect other people's faiths, but I actually just don't buy it. Yeah. I don't believe it exists. I think that we're here once and... We're here, you know, we'll do our best while we're here and not be assholes, but like, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. I don't think so at all. Yeah. Yeah, fair. And did you grow up like ever believing in that kind of thing? Well, I was brought up a younger as a Catholic in mm. Minute. And then in South Africa, the school that I went to was like multi-denominational. So we had like Bible study, but it was very kind of like my friends were, you know, Jewish and Catholic and Protestant and Muslim and, you know, um... So there wasn't much talk about religion in South Africa. Um, and then, obviously not really in college. Um, and I've just never really been drawn to it. And, and then, you know, the kind of immense disappointment in the Catholic Church on an ongoing basis. I just can't stand over them at all. I just think that's terrible yeah. behavior. Yeah, I know, 100%. Like, I always I always say when that comes up, because, like, I completely agree with mm. pretty much everything you've said. Like, it, and it's so fascinating for me. My granny's 90 years old. Mm. And isn't it interesting, I'm sure you have the same thing with people in your life, but um, and her, uh, my granddad, her husband, passed away about 18 months ago. Mm. And it's so funny, like, her faith is just, like, yeah. the most important thing Well, to that's her. great. And isn't it? Like, that's... Yeah. The, it's, it's such... It's the, it's, and again, it comes back to what we were kind of saying about, like, the way, like, with the the celebrities and the people that you'd look up to who betrayed that, it's so horrendous as for anyone, mm. but as especially, obviously, foremost for the victims of mm. that, all that, mm. like, violence and sexual yeah. abuse and all that. Yeah. Just crazy, crazy, despicable behaviour. Yeah. But, like, it's also awful for, you know, someone who would have had so much faith in that for it to be yeah. abused. And, I mean, especially in this country, like, yeah. it was everything. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The nuns and the priests and the whole lot. But, but you know... But but if people can sort of see beyond that and and remain remain faithful to a God which they perceive to be um, good and kind and can give them comfort, mm. then that's great. Yeah, you know, yeah. for sure, I it respect that. Um, but it's not for me at all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Different. It goes yeah. back to that, like different strokes. Different. Yeah, strokes. that's it. Absolutely. You know, it's yeah. good. As yeah. my mother says, this is a bit of advice, which isn't advice at all. But she did say, if we were all the same, it would be boring. Yeah. Do you know, 
Which is true. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah, that's why like we need casting directors (laughs) and everyone else. But like, you know what I mean? Um, All right, cool. Uh, So this other one came out to be at number 57. Nope. All right, no worries. Number 57. Um, Where are we? Oh, yes. Um, Sorry, my eyes are failing me. Oh, what is your relationship to your phone? Oh, my God. Me and my phone are best friends. Yeah. Best yeah. friends to kind of, I'd say, on healthy levels. Yes. Um, because we we have fun when we're supposed to be watching movies. Um, uh, yeah, my partner, Darren, does have to tell me to get off the WhatsApp. My friends, my two very close friends, Orla and Maria, who we have a WhatsApp group, and it's just constant. Like, constant. I just made vegetable soup and I just bought this bracelet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, there's WhatsApp groups for work and there's emails. And, like, and the way, obviously work is now you know hours don't really exist they do to a degree but obviously america wakes up with about four o'clock and you know and and so email is constant and i am lucky that now that um that there are other people because years ago when i was on my own and for a long time there was never a wedding or a funeral um that i was at where a drama with work didn't happen really Uh, no every time and when you're on your own there is nothing can be done and I can't like I remember so many times sitting at the table and an actor pulled out or an actor's not available and the only person who can sort it out is you. And if you have a Blackberry as I did then, they can contact you. Do you know what I mean? Right. Whereas now I've got support who can look after that stuff. But um but I I actually have to <laughs> um I go away every year to this fab place called Clunow, which is over in the west of Ireland, for like hiking, walking, vegetarian food, and it was born of the idea of it to be there was born of me just not turning it off and there's no wi-fi over there and there's no phone signal so it's like this week of heaven yeah I, yeah. it's so funny to say that I'm literally back from like my Cluna ah lovely yeah, where did you go I, uh, Donegal oh, nice. um, to like this little island called Carrickfin and it, oh. a little causeway kind of um, you can cross like to the mainland but like that it's just the middle of nowhere you're surrounded by beaches and wow. sheep and donkeys and do you go on your own yeah well I went on my own for uh, f- five days and then um my girlfriend Romana you know Romana yeah, test, yeah. so yeah. she um she then came down for the last the second half of it Lovely. which was really nice because I got that total like detox from you know phone yes. relatively speaking you yeah. know, always a little bit yeah. um and I did some writing and just like walked loads and nice. cooked and talked to myself and, know, and all lovely. the important things you know peaceful isn't yeah, it yeah it was lovely and then Romana came down we had a great time and just Aww. like because it had been a real hung busy out. just hung out exactly yeah, yeah. but like it's amazing like just like you said back to basics like just cooking and like walking and lighting fires like yeah. you know it was gorgeous yeah. yeah yeah and you really need it like especially like I'm living in the city centre and it's it's just hard to slow down yeah. when you're in that like environment even if you do have like an afternoon you kind of feel like well I need to be doing a thing yeah and yeah it's great to have that but sometimes you just have to <sighs> yeah even kind of like you know obviously not in the cinema or when you know you're actually like watching a movie but if TV is on mm. it's like Twitter Facebook I Twitter know. television Twitter Twitter about what's on television yeah do you know what I mean oh yeah just like revolving kind of checking the phone checking the telly yeah it's incredible mm. yeah what's your what's your relationship to the cinema do you do you like try and Go. see a lot yeah 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 well my partner Darren and his brother Colin are terrific at um like going for cinema visits and so we do that very regularly mm. so like 
once a week, I would think. Yeah. Um, maybe not absolutely once a week, but it's a big ritual where we go and there's loads of popcorn and loads of chocolate and loads of coke and um, we... Uh, yeah, I just go lots of cinema visits. Yeah, and like sometimes double bills. Yeah, that's you know? I, that's my trick. <laughs> I, I go to the cinema world. I have the little oh, unlimited the cars, card, yeah. and it's just a lifesaver. It's fab. Like I love it. Yeah, like it, it's to the point now where I was like, but it's nearly like if there's a movie that I haven't seen, I feel like I can't do another thing unless I see the movie because I feel like I've paid for it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and there's loads of really great stuff out at the moment. Yeah. Really yeah. good stuff. I seen the Florida Project this week. Oh, I believe it's fab. It's brilliant. Yeah, and uh, movie stars don't die in Liverpool. Oh, I don't know that. It's really good. Really, wow. really good. And I, I looked at it and I'm like I don't have much of an interest in that. There's just loads of great stuff, fab. and it's coming into that Oscar season. So yes, it is. Which, which is, is always the best. Yeah, which yeah. is very exciting. Yeah. So cool. Right, so we go again. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, number twenty-six. Nope. Okay. Twenty-seven. No worries. Yeah. At least you didn't whitewash. People have got nothing, so like, <laughs> feel, feel safe in that knowledge. Yeah. yeah. I feel better about that. Yeah, you've still got yeah. like seven minutes left. It's gonna be fine. Uh, number twenty-six. So the question is, um, what is your most treasured relationship with someone over the age of sixty-five? Mm. Well, that's got to be my mother and my father. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It has to be because they're both seventy-two now, seventy-three, seventy-two. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So they live down the road. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. So you stayed close to me. Do you see each other like regularly? Every day. Yeah. Every day. yeah. That's pop in. great. Yeah. That's amazing. That's yeah. nice. Do and you the dog. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so where where are you, are you based now? So I'm in Drogheda. Cool. Um, which is Darren's hometown, I suppose. Um, and I had an apartment. I have an apartment in Dublin city centre, but I eventually have, which I held on to, um, for a good few years because I thought, you know, I need a Dublin base. But then eventually, I just rented it out. So, um, we're in Drogheda, and mom and dad are in Drogheda because they moved up like last year, the year before last. And so, yeah, up Daddy, and down the M1. That's so nice, like to have that. Yeah. That it's nice for me to obviously because I can kind of work computer work from home, and all the videos are sort of fed. Because our system is really efficient. Mm. So if you guys are in a room with any of the ladies, by the kind of six o'clock time happens, 85% of those videos will um, be on my laptop and I'll have already watched them. Really? Yeah, it works that fast. So yeah, so we have like such a good, because obviously the Wi-Fi is really good. We work off Dropbox. So they literally just feed the videos and then I tag them. And then they all upload it onto Vimeo, which is really fast because it's like Dropbox to Vimeo transcoding. and, um, And then it's done. That's amazing. It's really fast. Yeah. Yeah. And so do, do they always go through like two sets of eyes? So like the people in the room and then... Yes. That's interesting. Yeah. See, these are all things you don't know. Yeah, well, that's true. Three sets of eyes because well. there's always two in the room. Yeah. Yeah. So so what will happen is I'll have like a debrief. Sometimes, you know, Thursday will go, you know, those are her selects and that's fine. But generally with Karen and stuff, um, yeah, we'll have a debrief and, I'll, and then with Eva Jane as well. Like with especially because she does a lot of the young people, so it's like I'll be like, "What did you think of this person?" What did, like, and she'll be like, "Yeah, the reason I didn't say yes was because of this." And I'm like, "Okay, well that makes sense." Because sometimes what you don't see on the tape is the five takes which took the young person to get to the point at which the line is delivered. Do you mm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you have to. I have to rely on them to be confident enough t- for them to feel confident that the young person or the actor can turn up on set so we can get them to a certain stage because we're quite good at sort of directing you know what I mean that kind of stuff in an audition sense but we need to be confident that young person or actor is okay when they go out and and there's a big massive set and a green screen and a massive costumes and 20 extras do you know what I mean yeah I do yeah Um, so we have to be able to sort of advise on that so Mm -hmm. yeah so three eyes 
cool. And mm. so what is the... <clears throat> this is always something I've wondered. What's the... Like, sometimes... Um, if I'm called in for something, it can be for like via a tape and then sometimes yeah. it might be in the room like in Bow Street yeah. or the Central Hotel, whatever it yeah. might be. What's the reason that you go for one over the other? You know, it, it all depends, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes self-tapes are easier because they're much quicker because I can send it to you and have it by tomorrow and we, we need the album by the next day. Um, sometimes we know there are people who will do a really good tape. So we're confident that you know the rules of it. We rely on you that you are going to deliver it well. You're going to have a reader. You, you know, it's going to be nice. So so it's a case of those guys are okay on tapes. These guys we need to bring into the room because maybe they're sort of newer to the business or we need to kind of help them in one way or another. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, sometimes. So, you know, uh, sometimes actor prefer to, to tape. Mm. You know, or prefer to tape. So... Um, you know, they'll kind of be in London in apostrophe. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? That's nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is absolutely fine as well. Yeah. Because tapes are fine. Yes. Do you know what I mean? You don't, you don't prefer one or the other necessarily. No, not it's at all. As long as, you know, because irregularly you might get a tape which isn't great. And if it's not great and I like the actor, we'll get them into the room. Mm. Or we'll ask them to tape again. Yeah. And just go, please do it not in your kind of in front of your big plant you know what I mean yeah okay yeah it has to be kind of plain and the quality's got to be nice but nowadays everybody's pretty kind of au fait with that stuff yeah 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 Th- Yeah, that's the thing about it because sometimes you're like oh well I don't get to show off my ability to like take a direction and do it a different way you know what I mean yeah if you're on a tape that's your like yeah that's true but then again because they're all watched mm-hmm. and sort of you know they're like there is a time where you go that tape's alright I need them to do it again because I need them to do this but if you don't here it's often that it's absolutely fine yeah no exactly yeah and that's what's always been like not to butter your bread or anything but that's always been really nice about like your um like um casting company casting agency what do you say company you know what i mean mm. but like you always like um I, don't, I definitely wouldn't i'd hope i wouldn't like ever bombard anyone in emails but if you do send one with just an invite or like mm. a showreel or headshot mm. i would just get a little thanks mm. and it's lovely because i was trying to explain to my mom and dad recently i was like mom mm. and dad you should see i i re- like you should see my like sent box versus my inbox oh. <laughs> do you know what i mean i've just yeah. like it's it's hilarious like and yeah. i and i've had a really good year of like working consistently so yeah. i haven't it's not like i've been sitting at home and sometimes you get like well, I'll send an email and just maybe I'll remind. It, yeah. I haven't been doing that, but it's yeah. like, it's amazing what that means when you just kind of feel a little bit seen, yeah. which is, yeah. it's really nice. Well, so that's, uh, that's something that I feel is very important. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I remember that. I remember sending off those letters and, you know, I remember one time standing outside an office uh, down somewhere or other and ringing the doorbell and going, I'm just dropping off my headshot and being told to leave it at the door. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And just being like, okay, that's me. But, you know, I understand, if, you know, people are busy and whatever. But for me, it's really important that if somebody sends an email, even if it's just a received with thanks. Exactly. That you know that it's also going being put into the right place. Yeah. So it's not ignored. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So if I can speak on behalf of all the actors for a moment, <laughs> that actually is deadly. I'm sure you know that like it's appreciated, but it really is. It's oh, really good. nice. It's really sweet. Right. We do one more and yep. call it a day. All right. Yep. Sweet. And again, thank you so much for taking this You're one. You're very to welcome. Do it. It's been fun. Not at all. I might not get this. I don't think I'm going to get this one. Unless though, they all, the machine breaks <laughs> and they all come out. Great. Listen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, number 20. Nope. All right. Okay. Yeah. Hey, what can you do? Um, okay. Uh, number 20. Oh, this is a nice way. What would the title of your autobiography be? 
<laughs> and so many in my head that have been just like totally ironic and jokes. Yeah. Um, the best ones. The best, yes. Um, oh God, this is so cheesy. Um, I love it already. Yeah, I know. I'm so embarrassed. It, I don't even know where it came from. Um, LK, see you later. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. Like one of those ones is like, it's all in the start. You know, those kind of quirky ones. I have no idea what the, my autobiography is. It would probably be something like, my autobiography by Louise Kiley. Okay, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Well, yeah, because the problem with all your previous titles were like you kind of needed to sing them to yeah. to get it. <laughs> yeah, do you know what exactly. I mean? It needs to be an audiobook. Yeah, exactly. With like embarrassing little kind of photograph where you're like, like hands in the air. I, mean, I don't know what's happening with the world. <laughs> like little thought bubbles coming out. No, it would probably be something quite, yes. Yes. Strange. <laughs> yeah. An amazing way to embarrassing. end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come here, do us a favor. If you want to plug any like uh, workshops or websites or Twitter, anything like that, if there's anything you want to make um, mention of. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, obviously we've got a Facebook page, um, which I think is facebook.com forward slash casting. We do post our courses and all of the um, uh, casting calls that we we do post will be there. So, yeah, that's grand. I'm beyond that. I'm Sweet. not worried. Deadly. Louise, thanks so much for taking it's the time to do pleasure. it. It's a big pleasure. Thank you very much. Deadly. So guys, that was Louise Kylie playing personality bingo with Tom Moran. Uh, Louise, again, if you're listening, a massive thank you for taking the time to do it. Uh, it was a deadly chat and uh, one that I really, really, really enjoyed. Uh, I left just feeling great about uh, our chat because yeah, it was a weird one. It was one that I was really conscious of not wanting it to be like super focused on casting and I didn't want it to look like me selfishly trying to like learn how to be a better auditioner and learn more about the process while at the same time trying to do all those things and illuminate the process for myself for anyone who's listening um, and also just kind of get to know like you know life outside of that because that is a massive part of like when you have a you know a job in this industry as Louise spoke about it can be all encompassing so it was really nice to like get to chat about things that weren't just about casting and uh, yeah just Louise's openness and um, just general sense of fun was uh, really a joy to be around for an hour so Louise again if you're listening thanks so much for taking the time to do it uh, guys in other news as I said I'm in the Tivoli Panto at the moment come and check it out uh, we are running until the end of January really it's a brilliant brilliant lineup. Um, it's sleep Sleeping Beauty at the Tivoli, uh, starring Mary Byrne and Alan Hughes. Uh, I've also got a wonderful friend playing Sleeping Beauty, Keela Whelan, which is uh, going to be great fun to just get to work with Keela for the first time. And yeah, it's going to be a great time. So come and check us out. Uh, in other news, I want to uh, extend a massive thank you to the wonderful Taz Kelleher. Uh, as always, she is the boss woman. She edits, she mixes, and she produces this podcast. And it would literally be impossible for me to do it without all her wonderful help. Um, so thank you so much, Taz. Uh, also, also a massive thank you to Connor Nolan for the wonderful artwork that you see uh, on all of our display yokies. We also have personality bingo badges here, so if anyone wants one of them, hit me up on Twitter and uh, we'll make that happen. They're kind of cool, uh, perfect for bags and coats and all that good stuff. Uh, we also, uh, we, I say we, but I mean me, want to thank um, the wonderful Leah Moore and Anthony Manley from More Than Machines, uh, the brilliant punk band, uh, Dublin-based, uh, who you should check out on uh, Facebook and on their Spotify and all that, because they've got a couple of albums up there. Their work is really brilliant and they uh, make our wonderful music that you hear at the beginning and the end of every episode uh, and as always a massive thank you to Alan and Paddy uh, for all the brilliant brilliant work that they do in just keeping everything running here at Headstuff HQ and just thank you for generally having me and being allowed talk into a microphone um, disclaimer I do spit a lot uh, guys that's about it please come back next week that was fierce desperate wasn't it please come back 
please don't leave me alone talking into a microphone in a padded room. Please come back. Where you're going to hear Stephen Colford playing personality bingo with Tom Warren. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.